Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Let's turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 46 through 52. That's where we'll start. Um, But before um, we get started, I want to give a little context about where we're at, mostly about um, the city of Jericho. Now, this, this, this story takes place in Jericho, and yes, the same city of Jericho that 1,400 years earlier, Joshua and the Israelite army destroyed in an amazing miracle of God. This, that's the same city that we're talking about tonight. And it has been rebuilt, um, the city of Jericho, when we come to this verse, it has already been rebuilt. Now, this, this city is small. It's only about six acres large. It's kind of give you um, an idea in your head. Imagine Walmart Supercenter. That's about six acres. That's about how big the city of Jericho is. So it's not that, it's not, it's not that big. It's small. And this is near the end of Jesus' ministry. This is near the end of, um, you know, he's, in fact, he's on his way to Jerusalem for the last time when he stops in Jericho. And he, it's only about two weeks away from the point to where he gets crucified and gets rose again. Who's thankful that he did that for us, right? So that we may live, behold in him. So it's, it's near the end of his ministry. And we got to realize that Jesus in his time right now, I mean, he was a superstar, all right? He was an all-star. Like, you know, imagine how, like, crazy we get about celebrities and athletes. I mean, Jesus was, like, the Savior and Messiah of the world. Like, he was a big deal, okay? So it's been three years into his ministry. He's already a known person. He has this large following. Uh, so just imagine, like, how many have no friends who, like, or people who would follow bands, like, around the country on their tour? Does anyone know people do that? Some people do that. Well, okay, like, Jesus has that kind of following. I'm telling you, he's a superstar, right? He's the Messiah of the world, okay? So everybody kind of knows it at this point or has heard of Jesus. And so everybody knows who he is. What I'm trying to say is that Jesus is well-known right now. Like, he's an all-star, he's a superstar. He's near the end of his ministry. So he has this large following, and they're going to this small little town of Jericho of only a few hundred. Like, Victoria gets crazy over a small celebrity or athlete. Imagine if the Messiah of the world was coming to your town. You'd be pretty excited, right? So this is the city of Jericho, this little context we're going into. So Jesus has this large following. Everybody knows that he's on his way to Jericho. Like the whole town of Jericho is lively. They're ready to see this Messiah, to see the Savior of the world named Jesus. And so this is where we pick up in verse 46, and this is what it reads. It says, Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, A large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, meaning the people yelled at him, but he only shouted more the louder. Isn't that awesome? Even when they were telling him to shut up, he he said, nah, I'm 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 going to say it louder. He said even louder, son of David. Have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stepped aside. Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Tear up, they said. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What 
do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly said the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Tonight, isn't that awesome? That's an awesome, isn't Jesus awesome? Heal him. Tonight, the title of my message is Blind Breakthroughs. Blind Breakthroughs. Let's pray. God, I thank you that for giving us this opportunity to gather tonight under your name, for even giving us the opportunity just to love your son, God. We not take it lightly, Father. I thank God that our minds are open, our hearts are open to your spirit, to your grace, God. I thank God what starts tonight, what happens tonight, is really going to turn around our 2019. In the name of Jesus, amen. Quick little story. When I was uh, in Hal Middle School, um, kind of shows my age, right? Hal Middle School. Um, and I was in eighth grade. I was on the football team. And, you know, I, I played right receiver and uh, free safety, I think. But I had this friend. You know how there's, like, first string, second string, third string, right? People get me, right? Well, I had this friend. His name was Tyler, and he was a quarterback. Now, he wasn't that good. Like, he wasn't that great of a quarterback, but he was very accurate, right? Like, whenever he threw a ball, he was, like, it was on the money. Like, he was accurate. But his problem was he couldn't throw it that far, right? Like, within a short distance, he could hit it on the money. But if it was, like, a long pass, he couldn't do it. And so over time, and because of that, he, you know, he was, like, the third-string quarterback, and he had the nickname 10-yard Tyler. Because anything within 10 yards, Tyler was on the money, right? But anything over 10 yards, he just, he, he, he just couldn't do it. He was limited. And it kind of, you know, reminds me of the kind of society, society that we live in today, right? We live in a society that loves to label people by their limits, right? We live in a society that sees the limits that's on you, and then they try to label you by that, right? We saw Tyler. He can't throw far. He could only throw 10 yards, so we called him 10-yard Tyler, right? We labeled this guy by his limits. It was the same thing, same thing with this guy, Bartimaeus. See, we only know him as blind Bartimaeus before we even know what kind of personality he has. Like, we didn't even know about Bartimaeus, but we know he's blind, right? I don't know what kind of food Bartimaeus likes, but I know he can't see, right? We only knew Bartimaeus by his limits. And it reminds me of the kind of society that we live in today, right? Because a lot of times we don't really know people but we know what they've done wrong, right? We don't really know what they've done right, but we know what they've done right. We're like, oh, that's so-and-so over there, the high school dropout. Or that's so-and-so over there, the adulterer. Or that's so-and-so over there, the alcoholic, right? We, we like to see the people's problems, and we like to profile, profile them by their problems. And that's my first point, is don't be profiled by your problems. You see, and a lot of times we can be self-diagnosed. Like, how many people have, like, we see the fast on, or, like, we, we're in the fast right now. Who's thankful? Anybody thankful? A couple. We're doing the fast right now. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but a lot of times you can be self-diagnosed problems. Like, when you say, oh, I don't even want to try to do this fast because last year I tried it and I couldn't do it and I struggle with discipline and that. So, you know what? I have all these problems. I should even try to do this fast. You know, right? We, we self-diagnose ourselves. But let me encourage you something tonight, church. It doesn't matter how many problems you have or problems you could have had or problems you've had in the past, God will never profile you by your problems, right? He will only profile you by the promise that's on the inside of you, and that's the promise of his son. Is anybody thankful for that tonight? 
that encourages me because I know it doesn't matter how many times I've messed up, as long as I have Jesus on the inside of me, God's not going to see anything different, right? He's never going to see, he's not ever going to look at me and see what's wrong. He's going to look at me and see his son. And I think that's a beautiful sight. And that's the same thing when he saw Bartimaeus. When he looked at Bartimaeus, he didn't see some blind guy. He saw a need and he saw, and he just loved this guy. But see, you, Bartimaeus was blind, a little wobbly tonight. Bartimaeus was blind until he called upon the name of Jesus, right? He could not see until he called upon the name of Jesus. He could not see until he decided, hey, you know what? I want something to change. And so he called on the name of Jesus. See, we will always be limited until we call on the name of Jesus, right? We're always going to have problems in our lives. There's always going to be things taking place that we want to change, but it won't change until we call on the name of Jesus. I know a lot of us, we can get caught up in self-help, but there's nothing better than the spirit help, right? It's Holy Spirit, right? And see, we can't help ourselves. We can't change ourselves. We will always be limited, just like Bartimaeus was limited, until the point that we decided to call upon the name of Jesus. See, Jesus can, is the only person in this world who can change your problems into your past. See, Bartimaeus was blind until he met this guy named Jesus, and all of a sudden, his blindness was his past. Until you call upon the name of Jesus, your problems will never become your past. They'll always become who you are. But when you call on the name of Jesus, what I'm trying to encourage us tonight is that we've got to call upon the name of Jesus. Because he's the only one who can make us a new creation. See, don't be profiled by your problem, but be profiled by the purpose and promise God has put in your life. So I want you to turn to your neighbor. See, don't be profiled by your problems. And we're going to slowly go through this story. I know we read it, but we're going to go through these scriptures again. So I want to, I want to take a back a look at verse 47 and 48. And it, and it reads this. I know we read it before. We're going to read it again. It says, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, meaning the people yelled at him. But he only shouted the louder, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, people were telling Bartimaeus to be quiet, right? I think it's funny that the closer we are to our breakthrough, the closer we are to our promise or our purpose is right at the moment when everybody tells us to shut up, right? Like the moment we're so close to where God wants us to be, the moment where we just have to take that final step is the moment, right, when your parents call you and tell you, hey, you're crazy, you need to stop. Or it's right at that moment when your best friend tells you, hey, look, I don't think you should go through, through with this decision. You see, the world will always try to keep you in your same limits and problems if you let it. That's why you got to be careful with the people in your life. Because a lot of times, people try to, try to keep you to the limits that they view you at. Or they, they try to keep you at the level that they view you at. See, everybody was cool with Bartimaeus, with blind Bartimaeus. Everybody was cool with him begging on the streets, right? That didn't bother them. Everybody was cool with that. But as soon as he called out the name of Jesus and wanted something to change, people got offended, right? They said, hey, what? Right? He said, they said, whoa, whoa. Bartimaeus, don't forget your place. You're a blind beggar now, right? You're, 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 you're called to beg on the streets. And here you are calling out the name of Jesus, the Messiah. He doesn't have time for you. That's why you got to be careful with the people in your life because they would try to, they would try to keep you and limit you to the level that they view you at, right? 
not that God views you at, but what they view, view you at, right? Because everybody viewed Bartimaeus as a blind guy, but that's not what Jesus saw him as. So we got to learn to navigate through the noise of today because that's what blind Bartimaeus did is that he learned to navigate through the noise of this world. Because sometimes when the world starts trying to shut you up or the, the world or, or your friends or, or people trying to keep you away from God's promise, that's when you got to shout all the louder just like Bartimaeus did, right? Right when they try to tell him to, to right? And that's the kind of mentality I want. I want when I'm ever I'm getting closer and, and the, the pressure's getting higher and people are calling and, and things don't look right. I, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to shout all the louder, right? I'm going to praise all the louder. I'm going to pray even longer. Because I can't help but imagine how many people were inches away from their destiny, right? Inches away from their purpose, inches away from their promise, their miracle, what they want in life. But they chose to give up right at the last second because it got hard or, or because people didn't like them. That's why we got to learn to navigate through the noise of today. Because imagine if Bartimaeus had listened to them, right? Imagine if he said, hey, I'm just going to call out the name of Jesus. And he shouts it out and everybody told him to shut up. He said, okay. And he just, and he stopped. I mean, you want to, right? He would have missed this miracle, right? He would have missed his moment. That's why we got to learn to navigate through the noise of today and focus on the voice and guidance of Jesus, right? We got to learn to navigate through the noise. Let's look at verse 49 through 50. Are y'all enjoying tonight? It reads this. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said, right? Isn't it funny? Like the same people who was telling him to shut up are the same people who were telling him, hey, you know what? All right, I guess you can come over here, all right? They say, cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat jumped up and came to Jesus. You know, if you want to step into something, you have to be, real, be willing to throw aside something. See, if you really want peace, you're going to have to throw aside your pride, right? If you really want this peace in this world that God's calling you to, you're going to have to throw aside some things that's keeping you from it, right? If you really want joy, you're going to have to throw aside your jealousy, right? Because you can't have joy in your heart at, at the same time, and then at the same time, be jealous of everybody around you. You're going to have to throw aside some things if you want to step into something. You see, Barnabas threw aside this cloak that he had been begging with for years, right? That he has been sticking with for years, or that he's been sheltering, that's been comfortable to him for years. But right at the moment, he said, hey, you know what? I want something different. He said, I hear God's voice calling me. I see my opportunity. I see my moment. He said, you know what? I'm going to throw this aside, and I'm going to step into something new. See, if you, you have to let go of the old if you want to get the new. That's what Bartimaeus knew. He said, you know what? I'm tired of this blind, begging life. I want something new. And if I want to step into something new, I got to let go of my old. See, a lot of times we really want, to, want God to change us, but we still try to hold on to our old self. We've we got to be willing to change our lifestyles and our personalities and our habits if we want to step into God's calling. You see, a lot of people, it's something we've got to encourage tonight is don't confuse comfort with your calling, right? Don't confuse your comfort zone 
for your calling. For me, when I see a comfort zone, I don't see something good. I see a danger zone, right? Because when I, I see comfort zone, I don't see something that's good. I see something that destroys dreams, right? I see something that destroys destinies. When I see a comfort zone and I'm in my comfort zone, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a danger zone, right? All right? Does anybody agree with me tonight? Because you know how many dreams and ambitions have died in people's comfort zones, right? How many dreams and ambitions God has planted into people, but they did not follow through with it because they love being comfortable too much? That's why something, let me encourage you something for tonight, church. Stop referring to your comfort zone as a good place. Your comfort zone is not a good place. Your comfort zone is a dangerous, dangerous place. Because in reality, that's the most dangerous place you can stay, right, is your comfort zone. And Bartimaeus, he had to realize that. He said, hey, you know what? He's been begging on the streets for years, right? He was in his mid-30s at this time, and he was blind from birth. So all he's ever known, right, all he's ever known was sitting on the side of the street begging and asking for money. But he decided to step out of his comfort zone that day, and that's why he received his miracle. So touch your neighbor and say, don't stay in your comfort zone because it's a trap. Almost done tonight. And uh, so we have a little drawing tonight. A little, little go to your go. I know it's kind of funny. <laughs> All right, this is, you know, uh, you can tell, right, this was on my heart the last second. We didn't have much time to prepare. Um, so, um, but it looks good. All right, so I got my little laser pointer tonight. All right, so this right here, this is Jericho. Remember we talked about Jericho at the beginning. It's really small. It's only about six acres, um, like big, like it's a small city. And so the thing about Jericho was that there was only one entrance and exit, right? Like there was only one place to go in, one place to go out. And so what the beggars would do, because blind Bartimaeus, he wasn't the only beggar in Jericho, right? They would all sit right here, right? All right here, right in the entrance. Because they knew that if you wanted to get in or out of the city, you had to pass me by, right? So you had no choice but to look at me and feel bad for me. And you're going to get me going, right? Notice the same thing um, with, uh, you know, if, if Victoria was, had only one road. Imagine if Navarro was the only road in Victoria. Everybody would be lined up around Navarro, right? So it makes sense. But let's, um, so with that in mind, let's, uh, let's visit verse 46. And this is first verse. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town. That's what I want you all to catch right there. As they left town. What does this mean? It means that they already passed Bartimaeus once already, right? They already passed him up. Jesus has already passed him up once before. I think there's a lot of people in this place who thinks Jesus has passed them by. I think there's a lot of people in this house tonight that thinks Jesus has passed by their dreams, their promises, their loved ones. But in reality, Jesus, he's on his way. Does anybody agree with me tonight? Because I know sometimes we can create this perfect timing in our head that I think just like Bartimaeus did the first time. We create this perfect timing in our head that said, if my miracle is going to be happening, it's going to be now because the stars have aligned and everything looks good. And so if Jesus, if you're going to touch me, if you're going to change me, it's going to be now. 
and then it doesn't happen. And we lose faith, and we think God doesn't care about us, and we think God doesn't love us. Because like I said, Bartimaeus wasn't the only beggar in Jericho. Everybody who needed, he wasn't the only person in Jericho who had a need, right? Everybody who had a need was calling out on Jesus because Jesus is a known, like he's a known person now. He's not somebody new. He's near the end of his ministry. Everybody knows who he is and what he's capable of. Everybody's calling out to Jesus. But as I'm closing tonight, your miracle will never happen on your time, right? It only happens on God's timing. So I can see Bartimaeus, right? God's already passed him by once. Jesus has already passed him by once. And he said, you know what? I know Jesus already passed me by, but I'm not going to, I know it feels like that. I know it seems like Jesus passed me by, but that's not going to stop me from calling out. And he's calling out the name of Jesus, right? He's, he's saying, son of David, have mercy on me. And, and people are telling him to be quiet. They say, be quiet, Bartimaeus. Jesus already passed you by. If he would have really cared about you, he would have stopped the first time. And what he says, he said, he, even all the louder, he said, Bartimaeus, he said, he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I can see the moment, right? Bartimaeus, he, he, people are telling him to be quiet because Jesus already passed him for the first time, but it's not stopping him, and he's crying out, and he's crying out, and he's crying out. But I think that's what we got to do tonight. doesn't matter what our circumstances look like or what our problems have or what the world is telling us to do or it doesn't matter if it feels like if we think or it seems like we think Jesus passed us by. we got to know that Jesus loves us and that he's on his way. Can you stand up with me tonight? Final verse we're going to look at is verse 52. It says, And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. And awesome. What I like about Bartimaeus Yes, he was blind. Yes, he was a beggar. Yes, he had problems. Yes, he wasn't perfect. Yes, yes, this, yes, that, yes, that, yes, everything. But Bartimaeus was a believer. And if you're in this place tonight, and there's things that you want God to do, there's things you want God to do in your family, and there's things that you want God to do in your future, we're going to pray tonight because as long as we believe in who he is, he is capable. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, let's pray. God, I thank you, God, that tonight, God, all the ambitions and promises and dreams that you've put on our heart, that you have called us to, we are no longer going to stop cast them aside, but we're going to believe in you that they are going to happen, God. I thank you, God, that our faith is rising up, that the fire on the inside of us is rising up, God. I thank you, Father, that we are believing in you more than ever, God. I thank God that we're not going to limit us by our problems, God. We're, we're going to navigate through the noise. We're going to let go of the old to get to the new, Father. I thank you, God, from tonight on, God, we're never going to stop believing no matter what people say, no matter what things happen, no matter what kind of problems come our way. We're never going to stop believing in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. 
you can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria 